0: Welcome to the Bazooka Luca Podcast.
1: And now here's your host, Luca Andy. We each other.
2: Let's try welcome, 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 welcome to the Bazooka Luca Podcast, episode number nine. I am Luca otherwise known as Bazooka Luka, the titular character of this folly, this absurd, picaresque. I am your host. You just heard the pains of being pure at heart with a song called Belong off their new album of the same name, Belong. And uh, how fitting, because right now, we belong together for the next hour or so me and you us belonging together for the short time yeah, after that hour though uh, we we belong apart for a while uh, let's face it look uh, we we hang out for a while we have some fun we make each other laugh although it seems rather one sided really but uh, it, then it fizzles out. It fizzles out pretty quickly. So it's just, uh, it's just best to move on. I don't want to ruin our time together by overstaying my welcome. I'm sure you feel the same way. So, you know, it's uh, bye. See you next month. It's been great. And uh, we go our separate ways. We live our lives. We meet other people. We hang out. With new interesting characters. Whatever. I don't ask questions. Frankly I don't want to know. You may very well spend time with other podcasts. And uh, that's fine. I'm not jealous. Because I know. That next month. We're going to come together again. And it'll be like we never left. It'll be so great. And, uh, And that's. The nature of our relationship. We're like um, friends with benefits. Or uh, no strings attached. If uh, if you tend to prefer uh, uh, Portman Kutcher to uh, Kunis Timberlake. Actually, is, is, wait, is that the pairing? It is, right? Shouldn't it have been Portman Timberlake and... Kunis Kutcher that just makes more sense because two were great on Saturday Night Live they make funny shorts and uh, the other two were on uh, that 70s show Christ why am I who thinks of this shit shouldn't I be a Hollywood executive by now that it just makes more sense Uh, but you know what I'm not a Hollywood executive, and I'm here with you because that's where I perhaps belong. Look at that. Full circle. On today's program, 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 (laughs) Brittany Shiver is my guest. We talk a bit about her business, Grace's Goodness. Later on, well, uh, let's not tease what happens later on, actually. Just uh, just listen. We're only together for this short time, after all, so uh, let me keep a few surprises at hand. Before we get to the interview, though, here's uh, Portugal the Man with Floating from uh, their new album, In the Mountain, In the Cloud, so uh, we'll be back in a few minutes. bye
3: And the peanut butter and the pimenter cheese, and there's going to be lemon hummus mm. and um, probably a peach beet salad, because peaches are, this is the end of peach season, so i going to make something fun
4: with that. You're going to have to say all this again, by the is way. Is that good? No,
2: you're not. <laughs> well, you you can't. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, levels are good. Of course, my voice always registers huge for some reason. That's
4: because you talk really loud. Do I?
2: Well, I'm trying to project here, Adrian. Come on. Um, But yeah, anyway.
4: Every time we do a podcast together, it's like my voice sounds like this. And Luca is like this and very enunciating a lot.
2: Because I try. I have to try. I try. Um, All right, well. I guess uh, let's go ahead and start, since I always do a rolling start anyway, so we'll see how much of that I actually leave in. <laughs> but today we have quite a panel uh, here at the Bazooka Look-up Compound. We have uh, Adrian right next to me, say so hello, Adrian. Hi. Yes. That mousey boy. Hi. Yeah, there you go, there you go. Make yourself heard. And we have uh, Christina. Hello. Coming back from, uh, what episode were you on? Three, oh, maybe? Oh, yeah, it
1: was a while ago. Yeah.
2: Uh, well, welcome back.
1: Thanks. It's good to be back. Calm
4: down.
2: But today, our, uh, our guest of honor uh, for, uh, well, is this going to be a food issue? I don't know.
4: Is it an issue?
2: It, well, kind of. <laughs> but uh, Brittany Shiver is our guest today, proprietor, and uh, I don't know, what else do you call yourself for... Grace Providers
4: good. good. CEO. CEO. Yeah.
2: Woman in
3: charge.
4: Badass. <laughs> extraordinaire.
2: So the badass extraordinaire of Grace's Goodness is here with us. Welcome. Thank you. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of wanted to uh, bring you in just to talk a little bit about your business, your your passion, um, and that is a Grace's Goodness, which... Would you like to explain what it is to us?
3: Sure, it's a sustainable mobile food business. In those three words. Yes. Um, to elaborate on that, it's food that you can eat, you know, in between class or on your way to work or at work. But instead of it being something that you bought and you have no idea of the origins, it came from ingredients that are local and/or organic that I make from scratch into something.
2: Yeah, delightful. And uh, you've been uh, doing it for about a year now.
3: A little less than a year. A little less than a year. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep.
2: So what what gave you the idea, or what what spurred you to to start this business?
3: Well, when Adrian and I were in graduate school together, I would be late for class almost every day because. I was teaching in Cobb County and then busting ass to speed my two-door Saturn to Georgia State Park and run up the stairs to class. And eating was never like hardly factored into the day. And when it was, I all the time wanted something fresh or something delicious or something at least that made me feel good in between working and going to school for 14 hours a day. And it was really hard to find. Um, And I found myself... More oftentimes than not, pulling into the Kroger near the school where I taught to pick up blueberries from California and really insipid tasting melon from Mexico in yeah. order to satiate some of that need. Yeah. Um, so that's where it came from. Okay.
2: So and you know I think that's a struggle that a lot of people go through. Like I, I know at my work, um, you know my my food options are limited for lunch, and I'm I'm really bad about carrying my own food. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't. I I hardly ever do it. You
4: don't like leftovers,
2: and I and I don't like <laughs> it's leftovers. It's true.
1: to eat
4: leftovers. It's, it's
2: my Italian upbringing. It's, he
4: claims it's Italian, but but some foods get better is. with
2: age. It's okay. true. It's true. Some of them, but you know, mostly you know, you want you want to kind of make every meal as you as you're gonna eat it. You know, like you want to do it right before you eat it in Italy, and that's kind of what I grew up on. So. Yes.
4: Maybe we should all turn off our yeah, phones. Yeah,
2: let's let's all turn off our phones right now. <laughs> I
3: was like that's gonna be really annoying if it keeps making that noise for an hour. It's okay.
2: This is uh this is a very informal <laughs> interview, yeah. so it's okay. If uh if you do wanna answer your phone at any time, go <laughs> ahead. As long, but you oh, have rude. to sign a waiver that we get to, you know, actually okay. play back oh, the, yeah. the, the internet. Yeah. Awesome. So anyway, um well, do you guys find that it's it's difficult to um, to find good food options throughout your day? You know, going to work, doing whatever?
4: I think it's getting easier.
2: It's getting but easier. But in
4: some places, it's, it's definitely still a challenge. Like um, you were talking about at your work, which is downtown Atlanta, which is where Georgia State is. Um, Brittany would eat melon from the grocery store, but I would eat a Pop-Tart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember being berated in the class (laughs) by you actually when you snatched the pop tart label from me and read off the ingredients (laughs) in a very indignant tone and I was just like oh there's apple flavoring in a cherry pop tart that's weird (laughs) well
2: Um, yeah because it's it's easier to grab something that's not good for you well if you're starving and
4: you know sometimes a vending machine is your only option but um it's definitely something you have to plan for ahead of time. You can't just go somewhere expecting them to have food available for you that you want to eat, especially if you have dietary restrictions, that's pretty right. impossible, you know, as a vegetarian. Yeah.
2: And, uh, Atlanta's current food laws probably don't help out a lot. Cause I know it's, it's, it's hard to get, cause you're, you're, you're wanting to, uh, to make it into a food truck business. Sure. And, uh, Talk about some of the obstacles that are in your way right now with that. Sure.
3: So basically, if you want to run a food truck operation in Atlanta, you have to be part of the Street Food Coalition. You have to abide by a number of very strenuous laws. Mm -hmm. Um, You can't be at the same place at the same time regularly on the street in public, which to me is the whole essence of street food, being somewhere Mm -hmm. in the public eye where just a... Meandering skateboarder or bicyclist can stop and eat, yeah, and run into you. Not where in the know people all join up on Facebook and find you in a parking lot where seven of you are together. And right now in Atlanta, that's what street food is. Yeah, Um, are are
2: those laws a result of trying to uh, to monitor what kind of food was being sold at the Olympics? Because I heard yes, that's a lot of 96 Olympics. Uh Yeah, absolutely. And that was, I mean, it's been, you know, 15 years. Right. And they're still on the books. Right. So, So do you see those laws changing anytime soon? Yes,
3: they've already begun changing. Right. Um, they're just making it not so it's not as safe. that You still have to abide by a strict standard of, like, you know, health department regulations and department of agriculture regulations. But now they're making it easier for you to run an operation where if you want to be a part of it and you do have a route you can't, some of those laws are at least being amended a little bit.
2: Yeah. Um, Is that uh, as a result of. uh, It's a lot of the coalition's coalition's fault. Yeah. So yeah. Fault or doing. Yeah.
3: It's (laughs) a lot of their help from a lot of the coalition has been helpful in changing those laws. And the the president, Greg, he's been really awesome at um, being really an activist for the movement and getting things changed legally and, and in a positive light, which is awesome. And I'm definitely not knocking the idea of the food trucks meeting up and having places to go where everyone can find them. I just want it to be more than that. Yeah. And I'm an idealist, so I know mm-hmm. that, too, that, you know, tomorrow you're not going to go out to the streets of Atlanta and see eight trucks on different corners. But that is what I envision one day. Yeah. And. You know, to me, that's what we should aim for. There's no reason it can't happen eventually,
2: right? And it seems like that's uh, that's a big thing in other cities. I know LA sure. has a ton of food trucks. Yeah, and, uh, and Austin, Austin, New York, York, yeah, Portland. even Nashville
4: does in Nashville.
2: Nashville. Yeah.
3: Nashville
4: they have tons. Over yeah. there. Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, even when I was in Santa Fe last year in New Mexico, you know, we we're walking around, you know, the historic district, and in the middle, you have a tamale cart and you have yeah. other stuff and it's really delightful and you get to talk to the locals and you get to sample regional fare and you know I don't know it's really important for that to be a part of the culture that you can become a part of just being a normal citizen yeah
2: yeah and it
3: shouldn't be I don't think it should be a high profile thing or an elitist thing whatsoever
2: right right so and it seems like you know the one of the hardest businesses to open is a restaurant. So it seems like the food truck is a, is a much better idea because you can, it, it's a restaurant you can move and location is one of the biggest uh, hurdles that restaurants face to get actual traffic in. Sure. Um, so, you know, it seems like local governments would want to encourage people to start businesses that would actually succeed. Right. Um, so hopefully that will change in, in Atlanta right. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're, uh, you have a Kickstarter campaign I do. going on right now. Yes, yes I do. It's
3: <laughs> almost over. There's mm,
2: less than two weeks left. Less than two weeks left. And uh, this podcast will come out before that is over. So Yay. I encourage all the listeners to donate and uh is there a is there a special page url that you know or do you just look up yes so if you look
3: up kickstarter.com and then keyword grace's goodness you'll Mm -hmm. find the site and basically the idea is i had a lot of people in the market asking today you know like oh you want a truck no i have a truck i bought the truck i want to be able to revive it and fix it so i can use it and Mm -hmm. the idea of the truck isn't it's um, it's a different idea because it's not. I'm never gonna sell hot food with a griddle or food from a restaurant in a paper cup to you. It's um, it's different than that. So conveying my plan has been something that I really want to do for people because I don't under, I'm not sure that everyone understands what it is I'm trying to do.
2: Okay, well, uh, we certainly encourage everybody <laughs> to go and donate to and that. And it campaign. ends
4: August fourth. Is the last day.
2: Right. Um yeah august fourth so before so, August fourth
3: yep, and if you pledge you get to come to my house for a big party afterwards when I've raised all the money I need, <laughs> and I will feed you and
2: make you drinks, which is worth you know that that's worth it in itself, and yeah, you also get to help a a a local business, which is a good thing, yeah, um,
4: so you mentioned regional fare and locally grown stuff a couple of times. What is that? mean to you. What does that mean in Atlanta, Georgia?
3: Um, I think it means different things to different people depending on where you grew up and what you like and what your family is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it means that it's food that you eat that takes you to a place in your mind and I think in your heart. So, you eat it and you have an attachment to a memory you might have had or made and the people that you were eating around a table with or the picnic that you were having with someone, it's not just thoughtless food. It has an emotional attachment. Um, And it's usually has to do with, you know, your family or your friends and a a, a good experience that you want to have again.
4: Okay. So can you give me an example of (laughs) an emotional attachment that you have to one of your um, products that you sell?
3: Sure. Um, uh, For instance... Pimento cheese, which you either absolutely despise or you tend to adore. Which
4: I despise until I tasted <laughs> <did> yours, actually.
3: <laughs> um, pimento cheese is a very southern item. And I know lots of people come up all the time. And I can think of my own family that feels similar to this. And they say, M- I've been seeing pimento cheese since I was a little girl or a little boy. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, I don't like it or I didn't like it until this moment. Or, you know, I grew up with my grandmother making it. And then this happened. And um, that to me is, you know, and then I had this great experience with it and it was phenomenal. And it does, it's a it's an interesting food because you can make it in so many different ways, which is, a, I think, another signal or sign that something is really cultural mm-hmm. because it can be made in multiple ways and it's open to interpretation. It's not like eggs and water, you know, like some people put garlic in it, some people don't. Some people put onions, some people don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a personal thing. And, you know, there's always a story attached to it and when they had it and didn't like it or when they did. And I have one of my own. And so knowing that and knowing you take something and you say, like, these are the ingredients and this is what I would I use instead of like what you might have thought was disgusting when you were seven. Like, no, there's not canned pimentos or gelatinous, you know, Duke's mayonnaise in it.
4: Or like the cheese that comes in the individually wrapped.
3: Oh yeah, disgusting. (laughs) There's not there's not pre shredded cheese. There's nothing like that. Yeah, gross. So it's stuff like that, you know. That's to me, or even hummus. You know, hummus is. I talk to kids in East Atlanta Village almost every week that have never tried hummus before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that means a lot to me for me to be like, dude, try this. It's awesome and it's actually good for you. Not to be. Not to be total Pollyanna, but you know it's both. It's and kids usually middle schoolers from Bethune Cook Middle School are like, "I'm not trying. That it looks gross," and I convince them to try it, and they're totally down with it. And they use some of them have used food stamps to buy it, and that like warms my heart. It makes me feel like I'm doing the right thing because mm-hmm. that's what I want to do it for—to get people to understand the food they eat matters, and they should like eating it.
2: Yeah, and it should. It should be affordable, really. Yeah, I mean, it should be affordable. I think that's one of the the biggest hurdles because you know, coming from Italy, where local food is kind of the norm, mm-hmm. it's like you don't, you know, it's 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 ingrained in our culture and local producers work, you know, and they and they do good business, but the the prices of produce, the prices of, of fruit and whatever at, at markets is pretty cheap compared to prices at markets here. What do you see? Um, is it, is it a volume issue? Like, do you think local farmers markets just don't sell enough to keep their prices down? Or what do you think is, is, is the issue there?
3: I think it's competition. Competition. We have so much to choose from here that people are used and they're spoiled. They're used to going to Trader Joe's and Whole Foods and getting whatever they need at the drop of a hat. And, you know, like somebody today came up, I made chilled blackberry soup last week and they asked about it, and I said, I'm sorry, I don't have enough blackberries anymore. And they just kind of looked at me, and I'm like, yeah, I could go get them from Whole Foods, but A, they're not going to taste as good because they're mm-hmm. not picked at the peak of harvest, and B, I can't get them locally. And, yeah. you know, and it's... You'd probably have
1: to sell it for twice the price. Absolutely.
3: I'd have to I'd have to jack the price up. Who wants to buy an eight-ounce jar of soup for $8? No one. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the problem because people look at the prices at the market. Mm-hmm. And even though the produce the quality is better, the quantity might not be as much as people are used to, right. and they're used to getting spoiled, especially in a city like Atlanta, where yeah. everywhere you look there's a store. Yeah, yeah.
4: I don't even consider that spoiled though, because I think if anyone would prefer to eat, you know, a good tomato that was picked the day before and it is ripe than like a shitty grocery store tomato even if it is from whole foods even if it is organic they're disgusting they don't yeah. taste like anything yeah. so, i mean
3: i have this conversation with people all the time who say they don't like tomatoes and i get really indignant because it's my favorite food yeah and i'm too. really like have you had one in season like have you ever picked tomato. one off the tree yeah. and mm-hmm. ate it
2: And i think that's what turns a lot of pe- most people off of like, eating yeah <laughs> eating vegetables because yeah. they've never had a good vegetable right you know they've you get, like, these watered-down, you know, like...
3: Piccadilly cafe yeah, style. Yeah, yeah.
2: And it's just, of course you don't want to eat it. It's kind of gross. <laughs> but whereas if you have, uh, you know, a good tomato that's in season, it's it's ripe and it's ready to eat, then you're like, oh, my God, this is, you know, a it's revelation. Yeah. yeah.
4: I spent $9 on tomatoes today, and it, I don't care. It's worth mm-hmm. it. I would have spent 4 for that amount at the grocery store, but I wouldn't enjoy eating them.
3: Right. So. Well, and the other part of that equation too is because it tastes so much better, you don't need to do that much to alter it yeah. or improve no, it. it. Or add
2: fat to it. <laughs> yeah. Or you don't add ha- salt right. or whatever. Right. You,
3: know? you don't have, you know, it's easy. It's simple cooking because you have such great product to begin with. You know, it's not hard to figure out how to use it. The yeah, flavors I mean, can stand alone on them. Yeah. And I
2: mean, that's what, Italian cooking is based on I have to bring it back to that. I don't know why, but uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, just simple yeah. ingredients that taste good, and they don't really need much else. And uh, I think that's that's a good way to eat.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, totally, and people should be able to do that all over the city. Yeah, mm-hmm. like we should be able to do that anywhere in the city and thinking that i lived in the middle of atlanta and went to school in the middle of atlanta and that was difficult to me in 2010 yeah that's something that i want to overcome so 10 years down the road we do you know we do have a lot more options for those kinds of items and it's not just monopolies of whole foods and trader joe's everywhere not knocking them cuz they do have something great to offer people but yeah you know And it's about learning how to use food, you know, like a lot of things I've ended up making. At first, I had this whole idea of like soups and salads and prepared everything in jars. And I've realized like, well, if I can make something that encourages you to use it to cook or to prepare something that's Mm -hmm. good for you, that's just as good, you know, and make it a little easier for you, you know, like. To make a good sandwich or to make a good meal, you can take like X, Y, and Z and make that instead of having to start totally from scratch.
2: Yeah. So Well, right now, you kind of tour a lot of the local farmer's markets every week. You have kind of a, a schedule. I do. Um, can you talk about a few that you hit every yes. week?
3: Um, Decatur Farmer's Market on Wednesday is in the Bank of America parking lot. It is the smallest of the farmer's markets that I... Um, where I am a vendor, it's also a very lovely one. I wish more people would come to it. We have a we have a rather small crowd. Um,
1: they have live music usually.
3: Yeah, I've yeah, got
1: someone playing music. It's really nice.
3: Yeah, so there's that, and then and it's from four to seven every Wednesday, and then Thursday is the East Atlanta Village Farmers Market, which is across from the Midway Pub. Um, there's tons of vendors there. It's there's a a learning garden for children and a chef demo every week and it's um you get a mega variety there it's great and that's from four to eight on Thursday and then Decatur again behind the courthouse on Saturday from nine to one and today Sunday is Grant Park from nine thirty to one thirty which is quite quite lovely for people to come and see it's <laughs> yeah. it's, yeah, it's Grand right park, park is really nice i yeah. went
4: today was the first time i ever went over there yeah was, why haven't i been coming here all summer
3: yeah i mean it so. just opened in may and you know right now is a little bit of a low period because um i think people are gearing up for school and, and they're hot, hot <laughs> and, <laughs> and tired they're sick
4: of being hot <laughs> yeah yeah
3: i totally understand but um It's a great, great market to explore. They're all great markets to explore. And I feel like the more that you seek out those markets, I don't know, it's just easier to shop and it makes you feel more connected, which is another thing about eating locally and regionally and all that is a feeling of community, which I think is like super important. And it makes you feel good and makes you like what you eat and how you cook.
2: Yeah. And plus, I think it's, it's more exciting to go to a market and, Without really a plan and just kind of seeing what's what's good there. And they kind of it can inspire you to make dinner at night with some new ingredients, maybe sure. get new ideas. Sure. So it's it's a lot. It's a lot. You can get more inspired by going to a market than going to a supermarket. Absolutely. And
4: people are so nice.
3: They're so nice. Yeah. It's so fun. Um, if you've seen Waiting for Guffman, we want to do a farmers market version of the movie because there are entertaining people to observe all yeah. day long. Yeah. You too can be a part of the people watching while you grocery shop.
2: And plus, you can develop a, a relationship with people, which uh-huh. you know is is a good part of of shopping for your food. Um,
1: and the more that people go to markets and support them, the the more accessible it's I mean, we were talking before about like why people don't go to a market and, and why they go to Kroger and, and, and the pricing and stuff and at the end of the day like you can get a cheaper tomato at Kroger and you can, but like the more that people go to markets and support that and give that support to their local farmer or their local business, then that only that's only gonna help, I guess, the I mean, I would assume the price range of things and the their yeah. ability to produce more and their ability to Be more places and be more accessible. I mean, that's, I think that's what the big problem is. Is that a lot, I have a lot of friends that like, they like the idea of farmers markets, but they're not going to go because at the end of the day, it's easier for them to go to Kroger at 10 o'clock at night, or they just, they don't want to spend the money. They like the idea, it's really romantic, but then they're like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to pay $5 for like a basket of, of, Green peppers. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Yeah. But when you're there and you do it, you don't even think twice about it. Like, I don't ever... Yeah. I don't feel like I spend more money shopping there.
2: Uh, Talking about the the production of the food, how do you... Have you learned to uh, manage your time better because i mean i imagine it's, it's very <laughs> labor intensive to prepare the food and then go sell it especially and,
4: since you're the only yeah. person
3: one moment show
4: <laughs> um
2: it's Is getting, it overwhelming it's,
3: it's very overwhelming it's getting more manageable um i have someone that's helping me now some and i have a lot of people who are very encouraging and that's that's huge yeah. um but yes Knowing that you're in charge of prepping shopping, prepping, buying, whatever, and then cooking and then storing and then going to the market for four markets a week is it ends up being a sixty or seventy hour work week. Yeah, sure. I can
2: imagine. Yeah.
3: yeah. Um, but it's it's a, it's really wonderful. I'm just working through the physical side of it because coming from my past life, it's pretty much the antithesis of of things as far as my body is concerned. <laughs> you know, my you have to train for it. Yeah, you have to train for standing on your feet on hard kitchen floors for 12 hours at one time and standing in the 100 degree heat for five hours at a time, lugging huge, heavy things around. And
4: schmoozing, has got to get annoying. And it's schmoozing annoying. and smiling at everyone
3: that walks by. I was giving a lesson today to that Deja who was visiting and she's 15. She came to visit and I was like trying to she was trying to talk to me and I would stop and look at, you know, the customers and. Interrupt her so I could talk to them, and I told her I said every person that walks by is a you know is a potential sale, so I have to be a salesperson, Mm -hmm. so to speak, all the time. And, you know, it's all about engaging there. Like, it's a sense of community. So if you look them in the eye and stop and talk to you, you yeah, know. like, yeah.
2: And if people like you, they, they're more likely to support you. Yeah. You yeah. Actually buy yeah. From you. And
1: I don't know if you guys have noticed, but, like, there's sometimes when I go to markets, and there's certain stalls I won't go up to because, like.
2: They're not know, engaging. They're not engaging. Yeah, mm-hmm. you just
1: walk up, and it's almost like a stretch. I've, and I've been to, to, to you know, different markets at different times where, like, I end up not buying that much stuff. But it's cause, because, especially, like. And I think this is maybe something that also deters people from markets, too. It's because, like, you almost feel like you're invading somebody's space. Mm-hmm. And it really may I don't know. Like, it's very the,
3: personal. The people yeah.
1: I buy from are the people that are really warm and really friendly and with And you want me. to you know. buy from them because... Yeah. 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 It's like
4: going into a store and the person doesn't say... Hello to you. Like, but, hmm, I'm not going to buy these shoes anymore because yeah. you didn't right. address me but personally. it always amazes me. It's just bad business. It always amazes me the amount of, like,
1: vendors sometimes that aren't that way. Right. Yeah. And, I, you know, and... and or,
2: you, or you feel like if you are trying to buy something, them like, you're bothering them. Yeah. Right, right. It's like, you're, well, I mean, this is why you're, why you're here, right, you Right, know?
1: right. But that ha- It's just... It's always really interesting
3: to me. When I would venture that. to say... That's very interesting for sure. I don't know if this is accurate, but I would venture to say that the people who are the most engaging are the people who it's their product. Uh And the people who aren't are maybe employees and hired help who aren't as invested. I'm sure. Um, Because usually, you know, if it's your baby and you're in love Mm -hmm. with what you're doing
2: and you love what you produced. Rather than
4: somebody who's getting paid $9 an hour to sit in the hot sun. Sure.
2: And, you know, the passion will become parent to whoever is buying it you know sure if they're really excited about a product and they want to tell you about it mm-hmm. and, and yeah and oh. it, help, it helps that you know you you have a i think you have a great personality for it and uh you know it become it almost seems effortless mm-hmm. uh but i know there's a lot of that's effort nice thank you <laughs>
3: <laughs> not effortless um i will say it's really interesting that Um, at a market with all this talk about markets and vendors and and customers that you get, you glean more information and knowledge. So I see every day I have farmers, I'm sandwiched between two farmer booths, which I love. It's just lovely. And every day there are multiple customers asking what is this what is this yellow cucumber what does this taste like what do mm-hmm. i do with this and you hear the exchanges constantly and you hear the farmers saying well i chop this up and add sea salt and put it in the oven or mm-hmm. i do this and people like literally it's not all common knowledge for people and they yeah. they look and they nod and they listen and that's like that's your pet you're you don't even pay for that it's free
4: yeah. I and did that's that with huge. the pink tomatoes today. Yeah. I've never seen a pink tomato before. Yeah. But I ate one earlier. It was great.
3: I think <laughs> that's just that's a very that's a very um valuable aspect of shopping at the market that you can't get anywhere else. And at the same time, if you don't have time for that, then don't then don't engage. Just go ask for your stuff.
2: Leave. Yeah. yeah. Well, um I guess wrapping up. Uh, where can uh, people find you on the internet?
3: What is that? Well, you know, like you have you, you, have,
2: you have a website. You no, have nothing. A, you have, you have a f- mail. <laughs> Snail mail only. Snail mail only.
3: Um, Grace'sGoodness.com. You can go there. Um, you can find me on Twitter. Yes. Also, Grace's Goodness and Facebook. Also, Grace's Goodness page.
2: Yes, um, and we will have uh, links to all of these on the blog. Awesome. And uh,
3: oh, and there's a blog. Yes. com. Yep. Yes.
1: Where Brittany gives out recipes that are really
3: delicious. Yeah. And really great <laughs> recipes. Great
1: pictures and great writing, and it's worth
2: checking out. Yeah. Thanks, so definitely. Kristen. So I encourage, <laughs> I encourage everybody to check it out and support and support the Kickstarter, uh, please, so we can reach that goal. So, you so can we can you. all. We, you? Well, now it's it's, so a, now it's a, we're a party yeah. is a thing. Yeah, it's a community. It's a community, community event. A community yeah. event. We, we are part of it. We're, we, and we're,
3: we're, we're planning a party here. Yeah. So get yes. put your party pants on. Yeah,
2: yeah. Cool. we're all invested <laughs> in the success of your business.
3: Thank you. I'm so excited. Uh, yes. If anyone knows how to drive a big box truck and they're looking for a job in the early spring next year, hit um, me up. Well, there you go.
2: <laughs> <laughs> creating opportunities for even more people to come here.
3: <laughs> you create jobs. Yeah. Absolutely. We create jobs <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and products.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, uh thank you, Brittany. And thank you. Thank you, Christina, and thank you, Adrian. You're
3: thank you, Luca.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you very much. All right. Uh,
5: Understand it, But I never choose it I can't explain it with words I have to do it The ship I came here on vanished We automatic, Don't try to plan it But yeah, just when it comes, handle it Behind the lessons Miles beneath the slick dressing Niggas distressing About shit they should be sure they guessing I twirl it cool and peel the you Cause they are arresting The red jumpsuit and Chinese slippers I'm still impressive. All up on the racks Old school cab from way back Cause he not wiping off, this my impression. He asked me how you float off and always have a fresh one, and seem to know the answer to the most proverbial questions. I told him Wanga and swirled it in a book of sketches. I find the diamonds underneath the subtlest inflections. Ah, oh, dude, the spicier the food when you choose, fuck they rules, it's a feeling, 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 it's a feeling. It's a feeling. It's a feeling. It's a feeling. It's a feeling, it's a feeling.
6: the screen and stage to see who got the glaze. To hustle up or fade, either get made or play. Find your spot in the shade and a nigga get paid. So we internalize that, but then we customize that. By the relationship between where our grand and our skies at. I slowed it down once, everyone was going fast. So I sped up cause I ain't want to reach the end last. Where the grimy sparkles Amongst the shiny talkers The pistol poppers That make pretty noise And get them dollars And while the world watches We send our street scholars To bust some presidents And $100,000 watches Some of the feds got us Some of us dead, lot of us Still solid though Using all the lips The streets taught us And what that heat cost us And what that loss fucking with the people, it's always gonna come back around It's about to be big movements from below The golden age lies ahead Struggles proceed You can't lie to yourself
2: That was Shabazz Palaces with Are You, Can You, Were You from the album Black Up. Uh, can I tell you something about myself? Don't answer. I will not be able to hear you. Let's just assume you said yes. Well, you may not know this, but I love Steve Buscemi. Few actors, have as much range, or are as universally respected as Mr. Buscemi, he's been in more movies and television shows than uh, anyone I can think of right this second. And even though he's totally made acting his bitch, it's like barely a hobby for him. He writes, he directs, produces, uh, he probably caters better than he's recognized for. And that's just the fucking beginning. Did you know he used to be a New York City fireman from 80 to 84? A fucking fireman. Get this. He shows up at his old firehouse the day after 9-11. And he fucking volunteers. Just shows up like, I'm here, fuckers. Give me a shovel. Uh, This motherfucker worked 12-hour shifts for a week, digging through rubble with his old comrades. Uh, Where were you? Uh, He wasn't getting paid for that shit. He wasn't looking for recognition. He just did it because he's a fucking good guy. Compared to Steve Buscemi, you and I are fucking pathetic. Just useless turds. And when was the last time you heard anyone say anything bad about Steve Buscemi? It just doesn't happen. No one denies this. I don't know, man. I'm just proud to live in a world that has Steve Buscemi in it. And this is the only way I know how to say it. Right here on this podcast. Look, I'm proud. And you should be proud, too. So, look. Do yourself a favor. After this podcast is done... Go watch Airheads on Netflix or something. It's fucking great. And he's great in it. You just feel it. When when he's on that screen. <sighs> you know, uh, sometimes I wish Steve Buscemi and I were in a band. We'd be called the Steve Buscemi Project featuring Steve Buscemi. And uh, I wouldn't mind playing second fiddle with him. He's the best. Take it away, Steve. was Obits, You Gotta Lose, from their album, Moody Standards and Poor. Yes, it sounds like the dude from Hot Snakes, because it is the dude from Hot Snakes, and it's good stuff. So, that's all for the month of July. Please visit the blog of com. Please follow me on Twitter, at bazookaluka. like the Facebook page, And as always, leave good feedback on iTunes, please. And uh, while you're doing all that, please also visit Grace's Goodness Kickstarter page and donate to that campaign to help Brittany out. She's totally worth it. And there's just a few days left and she needs your help. Please help her. As always, I thank you for listening. You're awesome. We totally belong together for this show, this hour of hours every month, and uh, I look forward to doing it again in August. Speaking of that, I leave you now with Modest Mouse covering the eternal Buddy Holly, the song That'll Be The Day. Because won't it be the day That'll be the day
0: that I die, that'll be the day when you make me cry, you say you're gonna leave me, you know it's a lie. Well you gave me all your loving and all your turtle doving, all your hugs and kisses and your money too. Oh, you know you love me, baby, still you tell me, maybe that someday, well, I'll be it through. That will be the day when you say goodbye. Shot his darts, He shot them right at your heart. So if ever we will part, then I'll leave you. You say and you hold me, and still you tell me boldly that someday we'll be. True. That'll be the day that you said goodbye. Yeah, that'll be the day when you made me cry. You say you.
1: Thank you for listening to the Bazooka Luca podcast.